1: walking in humility oh a challenge day by day to be sure but we'll help you out next join us Probably one of the most difficult things to do as a Christian, because it still goes against our flesh, our sinful nature, and that is walking in humility. Well, today we have some help for you. We're in Matthew chapter 18 as we catch up with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman, for today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing. Join us as we understand what humility is and how walking in it is very beneficial for us As believers in Christ. From the well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. Let's catch up with our teacher and pastor now in Matthew 18. Here once again is Pastor Napoleon Kaufman.
0: I want to revisit something that's important for anyone that is going to continue to progress with God, to continue to move with God. I want to talk to you guys this morning about our responsibility to walk in humility. And over the years, I've talked about this many times, but it's it's always good to be reminded of how important humility is for all of us among, amongst, among each other, uh, uh, out in the community, um, whether we're in other churches, that people should get the sense about us that there's no pretense that there's no haughtiness uh, and when we do this what happens is God will take us from glory to glory and will continue to I'll say it this way we can sustain mom, sustain momentum this way with God because you're going to see here in these passages of scriptures that this is one of the things that God hates he hates haughtiness and pride he wants us to be humble people Live humble lives and ultimately become utterly dependent upon Him. Look at this in verse chapter 18, Matthew chapter 18, verse 1 on down to 4. It says, At that time, the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Who then is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Then Jesus called a little child to him and set him in the midst of them and said, Assuredly I say to you, unless you are converted, and become as, a, as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one little child like this in my name, he says, receives me. Look at verse 4 again. Therefore, whoever humbles himself As this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. You know, this this word here, humble, is a very, very important word. It's a powerful word. It's a word that that I I really like. It means to bring low. It means to be abased. And I like this. It means to become needy. And then last but not least, it means to be or to become dependent. De- dependent. And I think for us, this is the way in which our relationship with God should be lived out amongst a dying world. People should get the sense that, and when, when, when I mean by low, I mean lowliness of mind as you consider who you really are without God. And who you really were without God. That I understand that, that my life and our lives are dependent upon God. Just think of God. God up one day and said, I think I want to suck all of the air away from the, the planet Earth. Angels, that would be fun, huh? Every, our existence is about God. and him we live and we move and we have our very being. If God decided to wipe everything out, he could do it in a moment. So when it comes to when it comes to who we are as human beings, there should be a lowliness of mind. We should be abased before God and there should be always this consciousness of the fact that we are needy of God. We need God in our lives. And then ultimately, no matter what we do in life, we are dependent upon God. We're dependent up upon God for everything. And this has to become a part of our lifestyle. It has to become a part of our lives. It has to become something that is ingrained within us. It's something that we should be teaching our kids at all times. I love talking to my, my kids and on the way to school or I'm driving them somewhere and saying, man, you guys, you guys know how good God is and how dependent we are on God? That it's God. It's God. And the more in which we can get this in our minds, the more we are endear ourselves to God. And it causes God to extend his hand because he knows that ultimately. You recognize and I recognize that that he is the source of my life. He is the source of the devil. He lost this point. He was a created being. Whose responsibility was to exalt and to worship God. To adore God as a created being. But the Bible says iniquity was found in him. And he stopped valuing his position. And the beauty of of God's ability to create and make him. And he started wanting to take God's place. And so... He got lifted up with pride because of his beauty. And then ultimately, he influenced others. And then we see now he's at odds with God and, and, and we're in the midst of this battle. I think the, the thing that we have to make sure that we keep in mind, saints, is that we are utterly and completely dependent upon God. Can I have an amen, y'all? We need him. He is the source of our lives. And Jesus is reiterating to these individuals that the people that are greatest in the kingdom are individuals that are childlike. Children are dependent. They are needy. They 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 under they I'll say this without them, without us, where would they be? And without God, where would we be? And I think for us. We have to make sure that we keep this in mind with all of our education, with all of our wealth, with all of our cars and houses, with all of our fancy outfits, without, with, all of the, with all of our Instagrams and Twitters and selfies. That w- We're not so busy taking so many selfies that we get lifted up with self and we start forgetting about Jesus who is the exalted one, amen, and we learn to become utterly and completely dependent upon God. And this sense of humility, now watch this, it does not mean that you, do not la- that you lack confidence. You can be humble but very confident when you know where your strength comes from, when you know where your power comes from, And when you know who's sustaining you, it should cause us to have the sense of humility. But it also results in a confidence because we know that our God is more than able to bring to pass anything he wants to bring to pass in our lives. If we trust in him. Can I have an amen? Jesus, I mean, uh, King David, it actually was a sign of humility when he when he defeated Goliath. Because he knew it in his heart that it was God that was going to give him the victory. And he talked about the victory that God was going to give him. He wasn't being arrogant. He was confident in his God. And in, and in fact, God had empowered him to get the victory in that moment. So I want to make sure that we don't, that we don't start to d- display a false humility. Because true humility is not just Although it can be seen and we're going to see this, although it is not just an outward disposition, it's not just an outward disposition. It is an inward condition and quality of the heart that says I am utterly and completely dependent upon God. And it causes us to do great exploits because we know where the source of our strength lies and how God will empower us. But having said that, we have to keep in mind people should see this Authentic humility upon us that Jesus is talking about. Go to first Peter chapter five. First Peter chapter five. We'll look at verses five on down to seven. It is an inward condition of the heart. But people should sense our dependence upon God. They should sense that God is our leader. First Peter chapter five. Verse five on down to seven. He says here in verse 5, likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with what? He says, For God resists the proud, but he gives grace to who? To the humble. And so I love this because he's telling them anything that we're clothed with is something that other people should be able to see in our lives. He says we should be submissive to one another. He says, and we should be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. If we want more grace, we need more humility. And in our lives, we should be clothed with humility. People should get the sense that this person is a confident person, but they're a very humble person. That means that they, they associate with people. They, they're they not, I'll just say it, they're not snobby. They're not stuck up. They don't walk around with their head all up. They don't look down on people. When you get around them, you get the sense that, that regardless of their state, that these people love God, they're humble people, and at the end of the day, they just want to glorify God, and God is the one lifted up. I mean, this is what should, people should sense when they get around us. That, and, and I think some of it is, is often seen or, shall I say, heard. We need to be clothed with humility that, Lord, whatever I need to do to advance your kingdom, I'm willing to do it for your glory. And I'm not so important that I can't bend down there and move those chairs, clean up the floor, get on the roof, go to somebody's house, go sweep something that, Lord, I don't care. If you need me to get on my knees and and, and wash somebody's feet, it should be seen, saints. It should be seen that we're clothed in humility because why? God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And if we want to be a church that is full of grace, We need more humility. If our family is full of grace, then our family needs more humility. If we want more grace on our job, then our bosses should see us as humble people. If we want more grace in the community, that the community should see a people that are very confident. And their confidence is because of their belief and trust in God. But there's a, a clothing of humility that people should sense when they get around us. We should people should be able to talk to us when we walk through the halls, that when people see us on the street. That people this is our lifestyle, that we don't have to have the best seat in the building, we don't have to have the best car to pick us up. That if you're a traveling minister in this church, you don't have to have a five-star hotel to go and preach at the church. We don't do that here because we are humble. Can I have an amen? The car doesn't have to be clean for me to get in it. But some people think that in life that, 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 that God smiles on that just because we're king's kids. But I don't know about you. But I, I, I may not have a bucket now, but I had a bucket. And I rolled my bucket. And it took me about 20 minutes to get my bucket started. But I rolled my bucket. I, and I'll roll a bucket now. I don't care. I, Lord, just get me to where I need to go. I'm not tripping. I want you in my life. I don't care. Lord, here I am. But people get proud and, well, I don't drink that kind of water. Man, just drink the bottle of water. Let's roll. But this is what happens. People get lifted up with pride and arrogance. And they don't realize that they're shutting off God's grace. And, but people should see this upon us. If you're serving in the children's ministry, it should be a sense of humility. If you're serving as an usher, if you're preaching from this pulpit, Jesus Christ is the one that is high and lifted up. We respect and honor the gifts that we have in the church and the ministry talents and the abilities. And and I love everybody and everybody's gifts and talents and we respect them and we honor them. But there's only one person that is to be worshiped. Can I have an amen? And we want to make sure that in the church that we're constantly coming back to this, that, Lord, we want to be humble people. People can correct me. People can hold me accountable. Pen, people can look me in the eye That we're that we're humble enough to say, you know what? Hey, I blew it. Pray for me. Let's get it right. Thank you for showing me. People can comment. About certain things. And and we're humble enough to receive it. This is what Jesus is talking about. This is what Apostle Peter is talking about. He's saying in verse 5. Likewise you younger people submit yourselves to your elders. Yes all of you be submissive to one another. And be clothed. People need to see it. For God resists the proud but he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Can I have an amen? The worst thing that we could ever do is become self-righteous. When we get saved for a little while and we start thinking we're better than everybody, not realizing that Jesus Christ, where he found us, And how he will keep us and how he will continue to grace us if we just remain humble. Go to Luke chapter 18. This is a really good story here. You're going to see this. Luke 18. Look at this. Luke chapter 18, verse 9 to 14. Verses 9 to 14. It says, also he spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed this thus with himself. God, I thank you that I am not like other men. Extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the tax collector standing afar off, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be what? Will be what, saints? Exalted. This is the mindset that we want to develop. Now, I think it's important that we understand that if God has made us righteous with his righteousness, then we need to celebrate that. We need to glorify God in that. We need to proclaim that, that I am righteous by the righteousness of Christ. And through faith in Jesus Christ, he has justified me. He has redeemed me. He has made me righteous in his sight. I glory in that. I thank God for that. I thank God for that. I thank God for that. I'm not thanking myself for that because it's not my own power. It's not my own strength. It's God's. In this particular situation, we see this parable parable is beautiful because one, one is exalting himself and he's measuring his success as a person based on what he sees in another person. But that other person isn't the standard. Jesus is the standard. Can I have an amen? And so what happens is, a lot of times we we find ourselves doing this. We do this in church. We do this in society. We do this, you know, we have to be very very careful about this. Yes, we see sin in the world. Yes, we see people living lifestyles that are contrary to the will of God. Yes, we should say that's sin, stay away from it. Yes, we should say, man, this is tearing up our city. We need to deal with it. Yes, all those things are right. They are fair and they are true. But at the same time, we have to stop and ask ourselves, are we really being legitimate light So that the people who are in darkness have somewhere to turn to when they want to see their lives get changed. And the heart of it all is, am I allowing God's righteousness to become my righteousness? And and am I acknowledging that the only reason why my life is changed is because of the power of Jesus Christ and the shed blood on Calvary. And if Jesus could change my life, he could change your life. This is the heart of it. But when we become self-righteous, I can't sit next to you. You live in foul. I hate everybody on my job. All of them sinners, they all going to hell. Lord, deliver me. Well, maybe Jesus sent you there to be a light in the midst of darkness And if you would shine with his righteousness, you could provide hope for people that are sitting in. Can I have an amen in here? Change your perspective. A lot of times God sets you up by putting you in a bad situation. They don't like you. Because you're a Christian. They're not. But our, our response should not be like this man who is self-righteous, our response should be, Lord, I'm on assignment. And, Lord, I may not like this job, and the mind may not like her, but, God, you sent me here for her, changed my heart towards her so that her can get saved up in here. Can I have an amen? This is what happens, saints. we got to learn to change our perspective so that we, we see ourselves as always being on assignment. Wherever I'm at, whatever I'm doing, God, you're positioning me so that I can have impact in somebody's lives. And sometimes we are lights in the midst of darkness. This man here began to humble himself, I mean, exalt himself with his own self-righteousness and then comparing himself to this person who was next to him. But the other one acknowledged, Lord, I see my need. He couldn't even lift up his eyes. And here I am. And this is what God is looking for from us, that we're constantly in that state, that if it had not been for Jesus, where would I be? I would be doing the same person that this person is doing, then doing the same thing that this person is doing. If it had not been for the grace of God. So we learn, we learn to live in the world and not be of the world, but not overly become so lifted up that we can't, associate with people of low degree that we might bring them out of bondage that they might give their lives to Christ that's part of our assignment doesn't mean that we go to the club with them it doesn't mean that we compromise god's holy standards and his moral uh you know uh, his his moral attributes and characteristics and all those things to associate with people but saints it does mean that i keep in mind that my life is about assignment God, you placed me right here to be a blessing to this person. And I want to make sure that I don't get so saved and so righteous that I become self righteous. And now I'm beginning to develop what I would call a spiritual caste system. I can't associate with you, I can't talk to you. No, I'm going to talk to you, but I got something in mind. And that is you coming to know Jesus. Saints, we have to make sure we don't become prideful and arrogant and
1: self-righteous. We stay humble. Amen. Our production of the Well Christian Community. This has been Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. As we close out our time together today, we trust and pray our time together has encouraged you in Christ, has encouraged you in your walk and relationship with Him. If it has, we'd love to hear from you. There are a couple of ways you can get a hold of us. By phone, of course, the easiest, 925-292-7800. Again, you can reach us at 925-292-7800. You're also welcome to write to us, address your envelope to the Well Christian Community. 2333 Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore, California, the zip code 94551. Of course, you can always stop by our website. You can learn all about us at thewellchurch.net. That's thewellchurch.net. You can even take advantage of a few links, one of which will take you to our Facebook page. Or if you're on Facebook, simply look for The Well Christian Community. Don't forget, as you visit our website, take a moment and drop us an email. Let us know you paid us a visit. You can also follow Pastor Napoleon, by the way, on Twitter. His address, at Napoleon Kaufman. All one word, at Napoleon Kaufman. We thank you for spending time with us again today and look forward to seeing you next time we get together as we continue looking at God's Word for times of refreshing.